BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Do you believe in sports curses? Mike White, who's supposed to be the next big thing with the Jets, goes down in the first quarter, but they're saying there's got to be a curse on the Jets. And our question to you, the viewers, is do you believe in sports curses? Can't make up my mind whether I believe in them or not. Because on one hand, I say the harder you work, the luckier you get. But on the other hand, I'm very spiritual and believe there's a plan and all the rest. So I, I don't know. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is, and uh, happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. I know I say it every single day, but I really mean it today. I hope you're ready for a lot of fun over the next two hours. Your favorite daytime sports talk and entertainment program is on the air, Game Plus Television. And uh, for our The Bell subscribers, it's a free preview for all of April. Tell your friends if Bell is your cable service or satellite provider, Game Plus is free for the month of April. So uh, tell your friends, get them on over here. And checking it out. We do not have the moose with us today. He's doing business. Some very important business meetings today. So we brought in a very important guest. Two of them, actually. Canadian sports icon. Rod Black is going to be with us an hour or two. And another Canadian sports broadcasting icon. Bryn Mighty Mouth Griffith is with us in hour one. From Edmonton, the Mighty Mouth himself. Where's the bell? How you doing, Bryn? Welcome to the RP Show. Uh, hey. Uh, I, first and foremost, as I say every time I'm on your show, I hate the word icon being used for me. But thank you for that. I'll continue to send the checks. Dude, I hate it too. It's always people younger than you that are saying, we have an icon here. I don't feel old enough to be an icon. But I, I know what you're saying. I know. Just take it and say thank you, as you did. Okay. Uh, hey, listen, coming I, up I'll on the... That. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Coming I'll, up... I'll do that. And the other one's legendary. I hate that. It just tells me I'm old. That's all. I know, I know, I know. Listen, I can you hit the quick six show horn, uh, Director Jordan, please? I just, we're going to talk NHL. We're going to talk some Leafs, Raptors, Lakers, Tiger, Blue Jays, Dub, all of that coming up in the quick six. But I want to recognize something as two guys that have spent a significant amount of time in our lives in the province of Saskatchewan. For me, all but uh, one, all but two of my 49 years spent in the province of Saskatchewan. April 6th is the anniversary of the worst day in Saskatchewan history. We all know what we're talking about there. The Humboldt Broncos bus crash was April 6th, 2018. So today is the four-year anniversary of it. I would be remiss if, if I didn't acknowledge it, but I'm not going to sit and uh, talk about it for two hours either. It's 
It's worldwide, obviously. Last night at the Leafs-Panthers game here at Sunrise, Florida, there was a guy wearing a humble Broncos shirt, and I wondered, is, does he wear that every day, or is he just wearing it because we're on the eve of the anniversary? Doesn't matter. People will find their own way to honor and remember the 16 people who lost their lives in that bus crash, the 13 others who had their lives altered forever, and everybody that was affected by it. Because I've been, as I said to Bryn before we went on the air, I've been talking with survivors today, their families, and um, we'll never forget. But I don't really want to go back to that day either. Bryn, but uh, your thoughts. Well, you know what? It, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a day you got to remember. But I, I'm one of these guys. I tend to look forward. I don't look back. What's happened has mm -hmm. happened. I think the key is to make sure that it doesn't happen again. I also think that it's foolhardy to think that it probably won't happen again at some point because these kids and these teams, not just hockey teams, volleyball teams, football teams, travel on the road all the time. I'm, I'm actually quite surprised it doesn't happen more. I hate even thinking that, but it, mm -hmm. it's one of those events where I pause, I reflect, I lost 16 souls on that bus. It also makes me remember back to uh, December 30th of 1986 when the Swift Current Broncos bus uh, flipped over. And uh, I have such vivid memories of both of those two days. And, you know, obviously we lost four players in, in that horrible accident as well. But I, I think it's important to uh, reflect. It's important to look back. But the biggest thing for me is to make sure that we do everything possible to make sure that it doesn't happen again, or at least to make sure that uh, we put ourselves into a situation where it won't. Well said. And uh, thank you. And I just want uh, the community of Humboldt and the families affected to know that we haven't forgotten and we are with you today. And uh, we'll be thinking of them throughout the day, but I, we think about them every day. I know I do. So uh, moving on from there, yes. comments are coming in about last, last night's hockey games. And I got to tell you, I went with my good friend, uh, Cam Sebastian, and his lovely wife, Chantel, from Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, one of the day one sponsors of this fine program. If you sponsor this show, you could find yourself going to games with us. That's what we did last night here at Sunrise. Leafs, Panthers. It was so dang much fun, Bryn. And I got to say... Here's the wire story. Jonathan Huberdeau scored his second goal of the game in overtime and also had three assists, helping Florida overcome a four-goal deficit to beat Toronto 6-5 Tuesday here in Sunrise. The Atlantic Division-leading Panthers trailed 5-1 midway through the second period before roaring back. Eric Jalgren turned away 20 of 23 shots for Toronto before taking a puck off his mask late in the second. Uh, Jack Campbell replaced him and stopped 22 shots. Mitch Marner... Had two goals and a helper, and Johnny Tavares, Jake Muzzin, Colin Blackwell, and William Nylander also scored for the Leafs. Austin Matthews had three assists. He did not break Rick Revive's single-season goal record last night, despite a million chances Austin Matthews had. So, A, the game was a hell of a lot of fun, Bryn. Huge crowd. A uh, lot of goals. Like I was watching on NHL Network this morning, the highlight package took an hour. 12 yeah. goals or whatever it was 11 goals last night and i and i'm going to roll this into one here you can take it wherever you want off this here was the buzz around me in the arena last night from everybody why can't the leafs get their act together why can't they win a stanley cup what is wrong with this team because i'm watching the power play tavares marner uh matthews uh morgan riley like my god it's 100 million dollars on their power play they can't get their act together and I didn't say well, anything. I'm glad, I to everybody. I'm glad that you uh, you were there and that there was a proper buzz because the last time I was there, the buzz was from the air conditioning unit. I could hear it upstairs. 
and prior to that, I was there for the McDavid draft. But I always believed that if things ever turned around, that it would always be a, a very comfortable hockey market. They, the people who go really do enjoy it. The, the thing, too, before we talk about the Leafs, I want to talk about Florida for a second. They're 11 points clear right now of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champs. And uh, the question, and people keep going back to the defending champs saying, well, they're the team to beat. Are they? Are they really the team to beat? Florida right now, for me, just seem to, even if they're asleep for half of the hockey game, seem to get it together, and they're ready to go for the back half of the game, and you're never, uh, you're never comfortable when you're playing the Florida Panthers. As for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I really don't know what's going on there. I, I, I watch, and I shake my head some nights, and other nights I go, wow, these guys might be getting it together, but... I watched that game last night, Bill up the 5-1 lead. I'm thinking, oh, this is a big, this is a statement game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I turned away and started watching a few other games. I come back, it's 5-5. I'm going, okay, so the real Leafs showed up. But are they the real Leafs? I don't really know what to say there, Rod. No, and that's, that's a this year's Leafs problem. But historically, because we had Rick Vive on yesterday, and there's only been four Leafs in history, score 50 or goal more. Sorry, fifth year, more goals. There's only been four in a hundred and how many years of Leafs yeah. hockey? What? There's something wrong with this team. So I see the comments are coming in and I, I'll get to those in a second. Ray watching on Game Plus TV in the six. Scarborough, Ontario watching. He says, hey, Rod, what a wild one in Florida last night. I never really appreciated how good Jonathan Huberdeau is. Him and Barkov were unbelievable last night. Have a good week. That's why the Panthers love us here so much with this show and have been so accommodating because they're, they're, we're getting the word out for them because nobody talks about them down here. And you know that, Bryn, well, and we can go down that road. But just as far as the Leafs, let's just spend a second on this. Yeah. Because this was the buzz around the people in me in the arena last night. The people that knew hockey, a lot of people didn't. Most people in the arena, God bless the Panthers fans, but they had no idea that Austin Matthews was poised with his next goal to set a Leafs franchise record. They didn't know, they didn't care. Here's the thing about Florida Panthers hockey fans, and I think a lot of you as hockey fans, they go to the game, if the team's winning, Cheer loud, have fun. Tomorrow, put on the beach, close, go to the water. See you later. See you next game. They're not thinking about it in between. They don't sell out the rink, win or lose. That's the Dolphins. Okay? That's football. That's another story. That's not the way hockey is here. But the one of the things that came up in my mind, the pressure that's on the Leafs. You've heard their staff say that. I think you've heard their players say that. God knows we've heard the broadcasters say, it's the pressure. You can't get away from it. I don't want to say it because I don't want to let anybody off the hook because of pressure, but then somebody else said it. And I'm like, I, I was thinking that. But then I thought, well, if that was the case, pressure uh, hinders your ability to win a championship, then the Dallas Cowboys would never win a Super Wait, they don't win a Super yeah. Bowl. But you know what I mean. Then the Yankees would never win a World Series. There's too much pressure? Come on, Brand, that I, I... can't be it. I just believe it's the way the teams are built. Uh, I believe that if you play in any Canadian market, there's a ton of pressure. It's, it's how the team is designed and how the team is being built. And I, I will actually draw a line or a parallel between the Leafs and the Oilers in Edmonton. The Edmonton Oilers are a fun team to watch generally during the regular season, but are they built and designed to, to win in the playoffs? So now I gotta say, is that the same of the Toronto Maple Leafs? They're fun to watch during the regular season, but when the playoffs roll around, are they truly designed to win a 2-1 game? And I don't think that they are. I don't think the Edmonton Oilers are designed, as much as they say they are, I don't think that they're designed to win 2-1 hockey games. Although, uh, you know, 
last night might be just that rare occasion. But but nonetheless, I, I don't think it's got anything to do with the pressure. There's pressure everywhere in Canada. And I just think that it's the way the teams have been built. And I think that that's the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. If things, when things are going great and it's freewheeling hockey, just like it is in Edmonton, they're pretty tough to beat. But when the going gets tough, it's a lot harder for both of these two teams to win. And I just I, that's my take on it anyway. I'm welcoming any and all opinions, uh, Bryn, but I just, I'm watching them last night saying this is a good team and it's inter- a talented team. And it's interesting, yeah. um, you know, I've often said with Edmonton, you're kind like, and for those that don't know, Bryn has a star-studded resume. Uh, you launched Team 1260 Radio in Edmonton, which is now TSN Radio Edmonton, worked in the Oilers front office, afternoon drive host on Fan 960 Calgary, broadcaster for the Moose Jaw Warriors. That's where I first fell in love with Bryn uh, way back when. So he's got the resume, but the Oilers are Toronto West in terms of pressure, and they've got five Stanley Cups. I'm sorry, I just don't buy it. And if you really looked into the game last night, stupid penalties. Leafs caught with too many men on the ice in in one key sequence or another. They're chasing and icing, and I can't remember who it was. The Leafs defenseman had a hold of the Panthers player's jersey. Arm goes up. Holding. Stupid penalties. And then there were times Cam from Broncos sitting beside me. He's like, the Leafs look like they don't care. Yeah, that happened in Game 7 against Montreal last year, too. Just so you know. Like, they, there's not a lot of heart there with the Leafs as well. So I'm sorry I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here. But I just think, uh, you know, goaltending's a big thing, too. And my goodness, look where you are sitting in Edmonton. But last night, Sergei Bobrovsky gets pulled after the Leafs made it, I think, 4-1. And he's $10 million a year. And I think the goaltending position is the most important on the ice. I really do. But you can't just find a goalie and give him $10 million and say he's your most important player, which is what they kind of did with, did with Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, hey, really hot or really well, cold is one Sergei Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got to jump in here, too, because the one thing, so we're talking, what's wrong with the Oilers? What's wrong with the Leafs? Both teams are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. There's nothing wrong with that. So I don't know, the expectation levels are way up here, and they're still playing well here, and they're starting to surge their way towards a playoff spot. Obviously, the Leafs are comfortable. The Edmonton Oilers, I think, are four, maybe five wins away from solidifying a playoff spot. I, I think probably they're sitting at, what, 87 points. They just need eight more points. They just need four more wins. They'll be fine, but everybody, it's just everybody wants to worry about their particular team. I, I think that for some reason, the Leafs and the Oilers fan bases are a little jumpy and a little more negative at times. When things are going great, they're all on board. And when things are going a little soft, I don't see how 7-2-1 and one, you're going soft. And like, what's wrong with these two teams? But I do okay. believe there's something to the pressure that's put on them by the fan base because 7-2-1 and one is fine in 10 games. Let's not stray from the question which yeah, okay. was why can the Toronto Maple Leafs not win a Stanley Cup? Because I poised that uh, question on Twitter last night, and I had a lot of Leaf fans writing me going, well, the Panthers haven't won a playoff series since 1996. <clears throat> Bren, we talked about my other career, certified mental health and addiction recovery coach. I'm pretty good at uh, conversations, communications, and arguments. Don't deflect. We're not talking about the Florida Panthers. I'm not talking about the last 10 games. Producer yeah. Clark, the, one of the biggest Leaf fans I know, writes in here and says the Leafs are 33-1-3 this season when leading after two periods. Fun fact. 
Now, he's not necessarily deflecting there. The question is, why can't they win a Stanley Cup? Don't deflect about what your record is after two games. Don't talk about the Florida Panthers, and let's not talk about the orders in the last 10. The question is, why can the Toronto Maple Leafs not win a Stanley Cup? And nobody has given me a correct answer yet, or even one that I would believe. Okay, I'm old, so let's go back. When did they win the last cup? 1967. 1967. Okay, Six. so 1967. How many how many teams in the league that year? Six, or was it not, 12? Not I don't know. I wasn't born yet. Not. Still, the odds are a lot greater. Uh, it's a lot harder now <laughs> to win. Like to win two in a row is amazing for me. Uh, I think it's a lot harder to win a Stanley Cup now than it ever was back in the day. And I don't want to take anything away from the Montreal Canadiens winning 20-plus Stanley Cups, but most of them were during the original six years. Uh, I just I think it's harder to win now than it was. And, and in fairness, too, the, I did watch the Leafs win their last Stanley Cup, but it was on a small black-and-white TV. I don't even think we even had heard of a color TV where I was growing up. So it's been an awful long time. I think there's pressure there. I just, But I still think at the end of the day, Rod, it's about how teams are designed and how teams are built. And uh, I just don't know if they're a playoff team. We'll see if they get by the first round this year. Well, again, we can look at it at the micro level, the macro level. They've had a revolving door of coaches, a revolving door of goaltenders, which is a key position. Uh, general managers, you name it. Uh, so that's for the Leafs Nation, the Eastern Canadian viewers specifically, although there are a lot in the West too. Nobody has yet answered the question sufficiently to me. Why can't the Leafs win a Stanley Cup, although Bryn's taking a hell of a swing at it? So we're just getting rolling, and we're already out of time for the first segment. We'll be right back with the second. More of the NHL games, talking Tiger, the poll, we'll get to all of it. Hang on, we'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on the all Game right. Plus TV Network. Free preview on Bell for the month of April. Also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It is the uh, RP Show. It's another steamy one down here in South Florida. And can't you see? They're still celebrating the big 6-5 overtime win for the Panthers last night over the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to continue our tour around the NHL in a moment. Uh, from the 902 text line, I just want to read this. See the numbers on the screen. You can always reach us at 902-518-3033. Todd and Red Deer watching writes in says a great show as always i am curious as to how this show got its beginning how did you and darren get together etc kind of some inside info on the rp show and where you guys see the show going in the future well since darren's not here i'm going to shelve that question todd thanks for it i think if you do a google search google news search you'll see uh, an article a few that have written on it but um i just don't want to answer that right now we're going to continue on with our tour of the nhl then we're going to get to the masters stuff and Rod Black coming up later on in Hour 2. Last night, as we continue our Tuesday NHL leftovers, the Colorado Avalanche clinched the playoff spot with the help of two goals from Nathan McKinnon in a 6-4 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Victor Olsson had a goal and a helper in the third period to lead Buffalo past Carolina 4-2. Connor McDavid extended his point streak to 14 games, scored 31 seconds into overtime. Oilers rallied to beat San Jose 2-1. They've won five in a row. Mike Smith made a save early in overtime and shipped the puck ahead to McDavid, who raced in on a breakaway and beat James Reimer 
for the winner. Ryan Johansson's first career hat trick led Nashville over Minnesota 6-2. In Philly, Justin Danforth scored the go-ahead goal late in the third. Elvis Merzlikens made 47 saves, and Columbus beat Philly 4-2. Artemi Panarin set up two first-period power play goals, and the Rangers beat rival New Jersey 3-1. Austin Watson scored twice, and Ottawa had three goals in the third to beat Montreal 6-3. Radic Fax's shorthanded goal midway through the second period gave Dallas a 3-2 win over the Islanders, and Jacob Vrana had a goal and a helper. Alex Nedeljevic made a season-high 47 saves, and Detroit defeated Boston 5-3 in an upset. So to the mighty orders, Bryn, five wins in a row. How far are they going this year? I believe through the first through the first round. I don't know if they'll get to the end of the first round, but we'll we'll see. All depends on the goaltending. It's uh, you know the goaltenders have taken so much heat here, and rightfully so. They they've given up some horrible goals, but Miko Koskinen at times has played well, and uh, and so I, I would be surprised if they go with Smith. However, last night he made numerous big saves to keep that thing close before they were able to kind of climb back into it midway through the third period. So the goaltending for me is the jury is just so out as it's been the last couple of years. So I'm a little concerned about that. Defensively, I think in some respects are a little bit better than they were last year, but I don't know how much better they are. And the it's all going to boil down to when they lost to the Winnipeg Jets last year in the first round. Overtime, overtime, overtime. It's just the way it worked out. The two teams were really, really close. Mike Smith was here. And I thought Connor Hellebuck was right just a little bit better than him. And that, to me, was a deciding factor. The other deciding factor was the fact the Oilers got nothing, nothing out of their bottom six forwards. And to take the pressure off of Dreisaitl and McDavid, you need some help. That secondary scoring has got to come up and be big in the playoffs. If you can get it so the other teams don't have to key on your big guys, it just it's a game changer in the playoffs. I just don't know if the Oilers bottom six forwards are gonna be in are gonna be there enough. I think they're better than they were last year, but they're gonna have to be providing some offense in the postseason to give uh Drysidle and McDavid some more space. So to answer your question, I still think that they're yep. gonna be roadkill in the first round. I just I just feel that way. But you never know when you got two um, great goal scorers and point getters, uh, and if the goaltending surprises, they could get through. Well, I'm with you on the goaltending thing, and very similar to here. Uh, like, I really want the Panthers to go on a long run this spring. I want to cover a Stanley Cup final. I want to be in the middle of it and immersed in it. But with Sergei Bobrovsky getting pulled in a big game like that, I don't know that the Panthers have the goaltending either. By the way, uh, into the chat, John Kirby in Edmonton watching says, Argonauts. And Stampeders voted for the CFL to move from three to four down football during rules meetings in late March at the Weston Harbor Castle Hotel in downtown Toronto, according to Sportsnet. Let's save that for Friday. I don't want to talk about that here. I can't speak for Bryn, but I'm not sure that um, I'm not sure that you want to talk about it. And it's interesting because BW in Edmonton watching on YouTube. We get a lot of viewers in Edmonton today. It must be you, Bryn. BW says the pressure from the fans, the pressure from the fans of Toronto and Edmonton is toxic. Take the teams into markets are three or six on the totem pole. Toronto would have had multiple cups with Rick Vive. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Anyways, the reason I brought up the toxic thing is everything that I see coming out of the CFL right now 
is incredibly toxic. Everybody's throwing crap at each other. It's not positive. They don't have a CBA. I don't really favor talking about it. I'll talk about it on Fridays. I don't want to talk about it midweek and talk about the fact that two of the teams want to go to four downs, the Stamps and the Argos. Why? I, I just don't. You look like you have a point on let that me, before I move on. Yeah, let, let me jump in here. It's got nothing to do with the downs, but you're talking about how toxic it is around the league, except for one place. And this is a radical departure from where we were when we talked in October and November last year where nobody in Edmonton really gave a crap. But Victor Kui coming on board as the new president in December has been so refreshing. I, I can't even begin to tell you how much he has changed the whole attitude and the dynamics of things. <sighs> Chris Jones is an interesting guy, but he does, he does tend to win a lot of games. He finds a way to win. So all of a sudden, there's a far more positive feel here. So it might be negative around the rest of the league, but I'm now in a market that six months ago didn't even care about this league. And all of a sudden, everybody wants to get in there to Commonwealth Stadium and watch their first game. Yes, but it didn't take much. It took a president to come in and get off his ass. He never sat on his ass and engage with the fans and do some exciting marketing things. And, you know, what? What? He understands you've got to get to your fans through mobile. You've got to get through the digital. Television, newspaper, and radio are still huge, important factors, but they're not king anymore. This is the ultimate king. He's figured out how to use it. He's figured out how to use the different platforms. That's how he's going to try to get a younger audience in here. And he's also done a nice job of soothing the older audience who are still bitter over the name change. But you know what? Get over it. Go and watch some football on a beautiful sunny night in a stadium where it's quite comfortable. So uh, I just think uh, that he's figured it out. I, I just I, I'm very excited for how the, the the city's got a little more turned on about the football club. Sorry, I just wanted to go off on that tangent. No, dude. Hey, listen. Here's a segue off into the CFL, which I did not expect, and I'll thank John Kirby and Edmonton for that. But I'll just take it one step further. Again. It didn't take much for Victor Quee to turn on a city that was just kind of lying dormant because they loved the football team there, but they hadn't loved the football team, and now they do. And with the $99 season tickets, they sold, I'm told, 40, uh, let's say 4,000 of those season tickets at $100 each. That's 400 grand. What the hell's wrong with that? It pays for your quarterback and a little bit more, and it just, what bothers me with it, it's not just a CFL thing, but it's a lot of sports now and business. Get out of your Eiffel Towers, get down in the trenches, start dealing with people face-to-face, and it doesn't take much. But they don't want to do that. They just want to have their nose in the air, and they don't know what they're doing. Victor Kui does. And from what I've heard with my football people in Edmonton is that he's the business equivalent to Chris Jones. And uh, maybe you you probably weren't watching when we mentioned this earlier, Bryn, but what the, like... As we sit around and talk about this, it happened to be in Calgary, but I was with some Edmonton football people, and I said, this could go one of two ways. Two fireballs could collide, and the earth could end. And the guy I was talking to said, but I think it could go the other way, and it's championships and great things for Edmonton football. What do you think I do that? not see. I do not see a clash between uh, Jones or Quee at all. Victor's got his head completely wrapped around the fact that his job is to put people in the seats. His job is to market the football team, is to market the CFL locally here. He seems to know exactly what he's doing. Every time you talk to him, he says, hey, we got a football guy in now, so we're going to let him do the football stuff. 
And at the end of the day, it still boils down to wins and losses. But I just it seems like the, there was really no true direction or flow with this team for the last few seasons. It already seems like it's there, but they haven't played a game under this new direction yet. But uh, the enthusiasm is there, and, and I think that that's great. It's not just wins and losses necessarily. A lot of it is buzz, and Victor Kui came in and within a couple months created a buzz. You know, that's, that's the other thing. But I just I see it so often. Leaders that are so afraid to make a decision on anything. I just heard from one today on a phone call that I called. And a guy said, hey, this guy called me for my, dis- you know, my opinion on this because he didn't want to make a decision on it. Victor Kui, this is what we're doing. If you don't like it, there's the door. <laughs> like, abs- yeah. some nuts. Is it that hard? Victor Kui's got you know, him, and I like it. You can always walk back in a decision, right? If it doesn't work out, you tried it. Nothing bothers me more than hearing, well, this is the way we've always done it. This league's been a little guilty of that. I don't think any, I'm lying to anybody. So what's wrong with trying something new? What's wrong with trying something inventive? Uh, I, love, I love it when somebody gets out of their comfort zone. We've talked about this. Man, in the broadcast business, have we ever talked about it? And that is you have to reinvent yourself constantly. You can't just continue to do what you've always done. If you do, you're going to be out of work by the time you get to your late 40s. I see so many broadcasters that have not reinvented themselves and right now are just on the sidelines. And, and I always feel a little sorry for them because it's a whole new world out there. The Edmonton Elks have figured that out. And uh, we'll see. Like I said, you need a couple of things here, though. It's a fan-driven uh, seat. you got to buy those seats. You need good weather. You need wins and losses. There's a lot of things to come together. But 25-year-old who just left our nest, he is all about this. The same with the 15-year-old in our house. If you want to get to those guys, you got to go through this. And I think that the organization is well poised to do that. And I, I, I'm just standing back. I can hardly wait to see how it's going to work out. Well, I was sitting with some of the Stampeder people in Calgary, and I said, you know, I might be cheering for the Elks this year, Jones, my boy Duran. And they're like, well, what about us? And I said, sell me. The Elks are selling me. And it was just a fun yeah. It was a fun discussion around that. Moving on, Pascal Siakam had 31 points and 13 rebounds. Scotty Barnes had 19 points and 14 rebounds. And the Toronto Raptors clinched a playoff berth by beating the Atlanta Hawks 118-108. And when I say clinched a playoff berth, it means they clinched at least a spot in the play-in round. They're not guaranteed anything past that. Meanwhile, there will be no playoffs for the Lakers this year. Devin Booker scored 32 points, and the Phoenix Suns won their franchise record 63rd game of the season, beating a Lakers team minus LeBron 121-110. The Lakers have lost seven in a row, can finish no higher than 11th in the Western Conference standings. And we don't talk a lot of NBA around here, but this is what I don't get. I guess, again, pressure. Oh, the pressure. We can't win because of the pressure. Look at the Lakers. Like the world's coming to an end that they're missing the playoffs. They just won in the bubble. They just won it, Bryn, did they not, in Orlando? But because they're not in contention to win the entire NBA, the Larry O'Brien, the world's coming to an end in L.A. They can do it there. I'm sorry I can't buy the Leafs can't win because there's too much pressure in the market. I'm sorry. Now, look, we got a break. And the entire next segment, when we come back, will be on Tiger Woods and his chase of the Masters. We're going to bring in our betting partners, Bet Regal, and talk about the odds. All of it next. 
We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. We're live across all 10 provinces and 31 states. And for the month of April, a free preview for Game Plus for all Bell customers. Tell your friends. That's big news. We're live streaming on YouTube as well. And if you missed any portion of the show, you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Promotional consideration for the Rod Peterson Show brought to you in part by Tough Tribe for Men. Contains aloe vera, botanicals, and antioxidants traditionally known for their scalp and hair benefits. We love our men. Welcome to the Tough Tribe. Available today at toughtribeformen.com. That's the number four, toughtribeformen.com. Amazon Canada and coming soon to a salon near you. Bryn Mighty Mouth Griffiths is with us from Edmonton. Uh, filling in for Darren Dupont today, and it's going by so far, so fast. I would say, Bryn, do you want a job? You don't need a job. You're slaying it in Edmonton in the digital space. We should tell our viewers about that. Yeah, you know, a few years ago, you know, you had to reinvent yourself. I, I, finally, uh, it was time for me to move on from radio. I've been doing it for such a long time and, and doing some TV work that I reinvented myself, and I wanted to do just a sports podcast. I still do that with Robin Brownlee called The Outsiders, and we launch every monday that's when it downloads but all of a sudden it turned into doing corporate podcasting and i kind of sensed that the wave was kind of coming and i felt like a surfer out there on the water just waiting for the waiting for the breakers and uh, they've come in big time the last six months it's absolutely surging and uh, i work with uh, uh, rob lalisher who does that name sound familiar rob lalisher absolutely uh absolutely. yeah that's his dad out there Anyway, uh, Rob has got a great company called Road 55. So I took my brand, which is Mighty Mouth, and uh, linked up with Rob and Road 55. And he does great video work, great video content. And he brought me on board to look after audio content. And it's been a great blend. But man, I'm telling you, it's been, it's been absolutely sensational. It's been crazy. And I'm loving every minute of it, man. Uh, I'm so happy for you. And uh, I'm so happy that you've been so supportive of what we're doing, too because you get it. Now, we do have some breaking news this morning that I will get to. It's part of this story. Tiger okay. Woods is planning to play in the Masters, and he thinks he can win. The five-time Masters champion who nearly lost his leg in a car crash less than a year ago says he will decide after today's nine-hole practice round if he's ready to compete at Augusta National. Tiger said he doesn't play if he doesn't think he can win. Well, he's off the course. The quote, the quote, Today, after his nine-hole practice round, was everything's good, brother. I just read the right. quote in the break. I could just imagine the look on his face and the twinkle in his eye. Everything's good, brother. Tiger thinks he can win this thing. My goodness, is this going to be the most anticipated Masters of all time, Bryn? Well, I'm one of these guys where I basically shut her down on the, on the uh, Masters weekend. The, the rule in our house is really simple. When I go downstairs into the yelling room with the big screen TV and the surround sound and the couch and the chair, and I close that door on Masters Weekend, you had better have a damn good reason why you're opening that door. I don't even want the dog down there, although the dog has come to enjoy the Masters with me as well. 
And uh, I, for me, it's I, I don't watch just because Tiger's in it. I, I don't watch because Rory's in it. I don't, I don't watch for individual single players. I watch because it's the Masters. I may watch and I may care about Tiger being in other events, other uh, other tournaments, but the Masters for me is the Masters. You see amazing things happen to the the average professional golfer. You see dramatic stuff happen at this event. You see tragic stuff happen in the sports perspective. To me, it's all about just taking it in. And uh, so having Tiger in there is a bonus for me. It's not the reason why I would watch it. I watch it because I love golf. I love to watch golf and I love to watch the Masters. It's as simple as that. Well, as they say, uh, the Masters is a weekend that pulls in the casual sports fan observers. I mean, the, the, the hardcore golf fans are watching every weekend, right? But yep. the Masters weekend and, and the four majors are, are generally the weekends where people that are the casual fans watch. But again, I've been down here in South Florida for quite some time. It is not only the big sea fishing capital of the world, it is also the golfing capital of the world. Tiger lives less than 60 miles up the road from where I sit right now. So you can imagine, Bryn, how everybody's on red alert around here with Tiger Woods and the Masters, right? And the, and the thing that I'm just trying to grasp, as I said on the show yesterday and over the past couple of days, while I've not, never been the biggest golf guy, I have been a sports guy my whole life. So I get the allure to Tiger. I just wonder why is it that the golf people just think he's the absolute greatest? And I, I think it's a few things. One, as was pointed out yesterday, Arash is with us saying what Tiger's done for golf. Took it from a $1,000 sport to a million dollar sport, maybe a billion dollar sport, right? Put money in the pocket of the competitors. Yeah. But I think it's his confidence. I think it's his cockiness that the strong people, the winners admire. And it's the haters and the insecure losers that don't like a guy like Tiger when he says that he goes in because he thinks he's going to win. And if he doesn't win, well, he'll slink off with his tail between his legs metaphorically and he'll lick his wounds and come back maybe the next time. But he thinks he's going to win. I admire that. And I'm sure you do too. Well, the fact he's won five times before is a huge factor. So if he thinks he can win, he, he can. He can win. The other thing too is that Having the experience at this event is a, a monster. It just allows you to tame the pressure because we've watched a lot of guys get taken down. I, I, still, I still cringe when I think of the shark and his horrible collapse, and that was decades ago, but, but, uh, but, but and I'm sure he still remembers it to this day. But, uh, you know, we watched many a great golfer get taken down. However, if you've won it a few times, I think you're able to ride through it a lot better. So I'm excited and looking forward to it. One of the things that I've been hearing so much about this lately, people are all caught up about who's the GOAT, who's the greatest of all time. I hate that stuff. I hate the term. For me, probably the only one that I can think of would be Tom Brady, for me, is the only guy that would be heads and shoulders above everybody else. When you look at golf, for me, there's four golfers who have really done the sport well. Tiger is the guy right now. He still is. Uh, and, and take a look at what he's done. Jack Nicholas, another one of those guys who's done so much for the sport. The guy who really got things rolling, obviously, is the king, Arnold Palmer. I had a chance to interview him once. Man, what a, what a kind gentleman he was. And he actually tried to help my game, but he, I, I'm pretty sure he knew that that wasn't going to help. And then the fourth golfer isn't even a golfer. Bob Hope is the, is the fourth yeah. golfer who's done more for the sport because 
he and Arnie went to NBC and said, hey, we think this might be a great sport for television. And if you come on board, maybe we can get more prize money going. So those are my guys that are go-to guys. And having Tiger in it still is still huge. And the other thing, too, I maybe cheered against Tiger when he was on the rampage. But now, based on everything that I've seen, the documentary HBO did was a real eye-opener for me in a lot of ways. The car crash. It's hard not to cheer for him a little bit more now because you see what he's gone through. And watching somebody, America in particular, loves to watch a guy climb the mountain and then they love to push a guy off and watch him do the ascent one more time. Yeah. And this is exact. Is that not America? That's America to me. And even Canada, I guess, to some in some respects. But I am looking forward to watching Tiger in this. And he will definitely be must-see, must-watch television. I think that it's both countries for sure. Uh, DuPont says it all the time. That 49th parallel, somebody's kind of taken an eraser to it. And there's not as much difference between the two. Although, the more time I spend in America, I'm realizing the differences are more so than I thought, which is a topic for another time. But our poll question today for Capital Automall, the Universal Collision Center, is this. Who you got winning the Masters? And in our morning meeting today, I asked Clark to uh, go to betregal.ca and see who they've got for their top three Masters uh, winners. And these are what we came up with. Tiger Woods, obviously. John Rahm, Justin Thomas, or the field. And out of all those golfers, Bryn, the field is leading with 45% of the vote. They say it's not going to be Tiger, John Rahm, or Justin Thomas. It's going to be somebody else. The field has 45%. Tiger Woods, 33%. Justin Thomas, 12%. John Rahm, 10%. So they're pretty, uh, pretty clear on the fact that it's not going to be any one of those three. Look, we will pause. And come back for a viewer takeover on this Wednesday. So sit tight, Bryn. We'll be back with more. And we'll bring the viewers in with their comments on everything that we've been discussing today. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show from South Florida today and the City of Champions on Game Plus Television, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio. Streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It is the RP Show. Welcome back, everybody. It is uh, Taco Time Viewer Takeover. Taco Time with all ingredients sourced in the Great White North. Why don't you stop in and get some today? Over 120 locations across the country there's always one near you my laptop almost went to sleep Bryn so I didn't have viewer comments in the last segment I had to uh, run and grab my cord and plug it in so I'll get to those comments in a moment so tied for the most tour championship tour wins in the PGA is Tiger Woods do you know who he's tied with by the way you might be surprised no I don't yeah Sam Snead Okay. I'm sorry. I should not do it to I do it to Dupont all the time and I don't mean to. 82 tour no. wins. Those two are tied. As far as majors go, you know Jack Nicholas is the granddaddy of them all. He's got 18. Tiger 15. So obviously going to be watching this very closely. Arnold Palmer seven major wins, but Tiger's won the most tournaments in the history of the PGA with 82. So obviously that's a big reason why everybody's so excited about his return. Now to the viewers 
Um, like I said, there was some that I missed. There's some new viewers here from F.S. Nicholson says, Good morning from Sask. Good morning, F.S. Nicholson. Thanks for joining the RP show today. Uh, John Ohm, watching in Winnipeg. Ohm. Says, Bryn, you are so correct on your comments. Bang on, dude. And John goes on to say, Tiger put a ton of money in people's pockets, including his own. Folks, don't get me started. I said last segment, Bryn, I'm realizing the differences between Americans and Canadians. And here's one, man. I don't know how much time you've spent in America. I've never spent this much time as I have in the last seven, eight. Well, it's this. The people, my friends that are going to sporting events, they're working six days a week. They have one day off. Yeah. They're servers, they're bartenders, they're landscapers, they're roofers. If they don't work, they don't get paid. In Canada, there just seems to be a major entitlement of nine to five, two days off on the weekends. Give me my money every two weeks. And it's so different. Here it's go, 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 go. It's the American dream. It's working their ass yeah. off and nobody's sitting around on their ass. They don't have time to sit and bitch and throw crap at each other because they're busy working and actually celebrating each other's successes. Whereas I don't really see that in Canada. Sorry, had to get that off my chest. And, and one, one little thing about that, and I'm going back to that. I went to this ESPN radio sports conference way back in about 2003. And so I had a chance to... to to meet Jim Rome and Dan Patrick and a lot of programmers from all through the U.S. They found out I was from Canada and they almost apologized. And they said, I'm sorry for you. It's got to be hard. It's got to be tough. And I went, well, what do you mean? We, you know, we have sports talk radio in Canada. They said, you have hockey talk stations in Canada. You, you know, in the U.S., you can pretty much talk about a lot of different sports and everybody's on board, especially if they can bet on it. In Canada, it's anytime you would veer off of hockey, it's still that way with sports talk radio across the country. When you veer off of hockey, you can see the, the numbers drop off. I think that's starting to change here a little bit. Uh, the men's soccer team in the last six months is a glowing proof of that, that people are finding that there's other things. There's other things other than a stick and a puck. But in America, they love all sports, and they love to cheer on the underdog, and they love it when there's cash handed out for it. They love it. Isn't, isn't that interesting that you would say that? Oh, man, Bryn. It's nice having you on here today. Not that it's not nice having DuPont every day, but it's a, it's a different sure. perspective because Dan Moriarty, we all know Dan Moriarty from NHL Cool Shots. He was on our show in L.A. Yeah. And he said, if you add up the love in America for football, basketball, and baseball, put them all together, that's how much Canadians love hockey. <laughs> right? And I, so I, can't dis I can't disagree with that. We're inside the last minute of play, by the way, in hour one. Okay. Speaking of hockey, I want to say before we break, in Brandon last night, Jake Chason and Nolan Ritchie each had a golden two assists to lead the Wheat Kings to a 5-4 win over God's team, the Regina Pats. In Medicine Hat, whoa, whoa. Nolan God's Myers team. stopped 20 shots. In, in Medicine Hat, Nolan Myers stopped 20 shots as Saskatoon blanked the Tigers 4 nothing. And in Prince George, Tyson Feist scored in overtime to lead Kelowna over the Cougars one nothing. So just three games in the dub last night. That's your recap. Coming back at next hour, more of Brennan Me and Rod Black, the peerless, the iconic Rod Black to talk more masters. Stick around, everybody. We'll be right back after this break here on Game Plus Television. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. 
For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.